If you want to grow, you want to scale, you've got to bring the right people in. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, as always, on these Wednesdays, we got Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. How are you doing, Todd? I am doing fantastic. I'm going to go out today with my eight-year-old son, and we're going to drive around to, to some of my properties, and we're going to be landscapers today. <laughs> um, I, I never do this, but I'm like, you know what? I just want my son to like kind of see these properties. I can talk to him about what's going on there, and uh, we can do a little bit of work on them so he can appreciate that a little bit. I thought it'd be a good opportunity. So I cleared my schedule actually this week for flying down to some of my properties, ended up changing that. And so I actually have a pretty open schedule today. So I'm talking to you uh, and then we're going to go and do some landscaping. So that'll be, uh, that'll be fun. Nice. Yeah, he's, he's actually really excited and looking forward to it. He's been, I told him, I said, hey, this summer we're going to go around to some of these properties and we're going to do some landscaping and clean up. And he's been begging me to get hmm. out and do that. And so today is the day we're going to take advantage of it. Awesome. So, yeah, that'd be fun. So, Matt, what are we talking about today? Well, today we're going to be talking about uh, hiring the right people, what to look for and how to find them. Yeah, I think uh, in... I'm reading a book and it's called um, who not how, and I think you're reading it as well. Yep. And so I think it's really valuable. We'll, we'll talk about that book too, but um, you know, look, if you want to scale, if you want to grow, there's no other way to do it than to hire people. And when I look back on my journey, uh, I didn't hire necessarily a lot of employees and I still don't have a lot of employees, although I got, I've, a lot more now than I ever have had. Um, but when I first started this journey, I was trying to do everything myself, you know, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm buying a house and I'm the guy swinging the hammer. I'm the guy finding, finding the house, analyzing the house, closing on it, swinging the hammer, you know, listing it, uh, you know, everything basically start to finish. And I quickly realized, well, I'm not going to be able to scale. And quite frankly, it was, I was forced to, because I was finding too many good deals. And so I was buying too many properties. So as I started buying too many properties, I'm like, I can't, I can't, like, I can't get, these are going to sit there forever. I've got to figure out how to hire people. So that was my first, like, just moment of, okay, I, it's, I got to find the right people to come in and help me build this business. So I, my first step was to find people to actually work on my properties um, and, and find the right people that could actually do the job. And then, and I was still doing stupid things. Like I was driving my car to home Depot and Menards and, you know, the hardware store, whatnot to get materials where instead I, I could have just paid somebody pretty minimal to go and do that. 
Um, and I tell the story of driving over a railroad track with my car full of material and I hit that railroad track and the whole back end, uh, went out of my car, it, you know, the, the shocks and never everything, just like the whole back end, uh, was dragging on the ground and limped into a service station and like $2,000 later, whatever it cost me, I can't remember it. It was a lot of money at the time, uh, you know, my car was fixed, my ego was hurt. And I realized I need to figure out a different way. I need to find people to actually get this material. And so I came up with a, a strategy on how my, the guys that were working for me could get materials and Home Depot could actually deliver materials for free. So, um, that that's just kind of the evolution. And one of the best hires was an personal assistant, um, who I, you know, I, I, it's a different person, but I still use, I still have an assistant, uh, to this day, which is really, really valuable, uh, bookkeeper. Um, you know, th those are extremely valuable people. And I, I couldn't imagine doing it without them. Uh, and, Currently, right now, we're looking at hiring more people. Uh, so actually, if you're listening to this and you want to talk about uh, hiring opportunities, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're looking at, you know, do we hire, uh, do we hire a broker relations person that, that or, or, or I don't know what you want to call it, uh, an acquisitions manager, really somebody that uh, will analyze all these properties and, and will talk with the brokers and, you know, we'll go through basically the process until we get really, really serious and then hand it off to us and maybe potentially even continue the whole conversation. Um, I just hired my wife actually to be my, um, to be my investor relations coordinator. Um, so that's been, that's been huge and it's only going to become better. Um, so, so it's just important to, if you want to grow, you want to scale, you've got to bring the right people in. And when is the right time to hire somebody? Like what, what, uh, where are you in your mind when you realize, okay, now is the perfect time to uh, hire somebody. Yeah. That's a challenge, right? Cause so we're always like, Oh man, I, you know, if I got to hire somebody, I got to pay them. Right. And, uh, I'm just, I'm not quite making enough right now. I want to make a little bit more before I hire somebody. And then we look at, that salary, you know, we go, Oh, if I hire somebody, it's going to cost me, you know, $50,000 and I'm only making, you know, $75,000. So now I'll only be making $25,000. So the mindset I think is what's backwards the most. It's not that we are, we are hiring somebody and it's going to cost us money. It's that we're going to hire somebody and it's going to provide us opportunity, right? It's going to grow and expand our business and it's an investment. So that's how you have to look at your hires. You can't look at it as, oh, it's going to cost me money because yes, it surely is going to cost $50,000. But if you're hiring people, hopefully that means you're 
growing your business, you're expanding your business, and it will mean that. And instead of making $75,000, now you're making, you know, $150,000. So now you personally are making a hundred, right? And, and the next hire, again, the same thing will happen and the same thing and the same thing uh, if we strategically hire. So when do you hire? I would say for most people, you need to hire before you're ready to hire. You need to actually be thinking about, it's not how much pain is in your, uh, you know, and how busy you are in your business. It's how much you want to actually grow and scale. So you need to think about where this thing is going, where do I want it to go, and who do I need to put in my business to make that happen, right? Yeah. And I've heard other investors say that if you're at a point where you're thinking about whether you should hire somebody, uh, that's a key indicator that, hey, now is the time to hire yeah, absolutely. Once you start thinking about it, it's probably already too late. Yeah. So uh, how did you find, you know, I assume you found your wife uh, because you were married to her. Uh, yeah, it worked for yep. you. But uh, how did you find the other people, your uh, assistant and your bookkeeper? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and quite frankly, uh, she she's very talented in like that type of role. So it worked out really well. Um, the, the other people have been mostly through referrals. Um, you know, I'm looking for a, a bookkeeper who knows of one. And, and so those are referrals and the, the, typically the best hires are, have been the referrals I've done, uh, ads before and, uh, the ads, you know, it, it seems like I get some good people that have, have applied, um, but I don't know. I just haven't had as good of luck with running ads and getting high quality people um, that stay a stay long term. So uh, referrals have been fantastic. Uh, there's so many sources for referrals. You know, if, if you're like, well, who do I ask? Well, join some LinkedIn and Facebook groups. Like, talk with local other local investors. Um, that's the other thing that you can do too, is if you network and create some friendships with other local investors that are doing very similar things to you, uh, as you, you can actually form a small group to hire one person to keep that person full-time. So if you say, Hey, I really need help with this, but I don't need a full-time person. Maybe you need a maintenance person for your rental properties, but you know, you don't need a full-time maintenance person. It's like, I got to pay some company that has these maintenance people. I'm paying them like $50 an hour for the maintenance, you know, to run out there when I could hire my own person for $30 an hour. Well then hire your own person for $30 an hour, but partner with, you know, two or three other people that also have enough work and now together you're keeping that person full time and you're splitting the, uh, the bill based on, on what properties they're at. That's an ingenious idea. I really like it. Yeah. And there's multiple ways to do that. It doesn't have to be a maintenance person. It can be a bookkeeper. It can be, I mean, it can be honestly really anybody and you can share a person. So, and there's plenty of quality people too, that are, that want to be part-time. So don't just assume that, everybody wants to be and needs to be full-time. There are a lot of um, 
you know, people that let's call moms or dads that are, that have young families and they don't want to work a lot. They want to do some work, but they want to put 20 hours of work in a week or 10 hours or something like that. Um, so they're not ready to commit to a full-time job and they'd be happy to work for you for that 10 hours, 15 hours a week. Nice. And, you know, I haven't used any virtual assistant uh, VAs myself. Um, have you? Yeah, I used one for a while. It didn't work out really well. Um, the communication was difficult, in my opinion. Uh, she was in the Philippines. I'm here. Um, so the communication level didn't work really well. And I don't want to just blame it all on her. Um Certainly, she probably is is very good, but um, we just weren't getting things done that I needed done, that I asked to do, and that I had kind of a written plan for. Things just weren't happening, and so I felt that the the value just wasn't there. Um, so I haven't tried a virtual assistant again. I certainly have thought a lot about it and potentially will, um, but again it's about finding that right fit and, and making sure that you're utilizing the person properly. Yeah, I know a lot of people have had a similar experience as you, but I mean, uh, there's other people who have had great success with VAs that I hear about. Uh, so it's, um, uh, you know, you got to take what you get, I suppose. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, hire slowly and, and yeah. fire quickly. Right. And so if it's not working out, you've got to get rid of that person. Or you have to really think about what, how you set this up. And, and that's ultimately every time you fire somebody, you have to think, okay, what did I do wrong? What did we, what did we fail on? Because ultimately it's your failure, whether it's you didn't uh, do the correct due diligence in the front end, right? Whether you didn't create a good working environment for that person uh, or you had just too high of expectations, too low of expectations, uh, you didn't train properly, whatever it might be, you've got to look, okay, what did we do wrong? And how can we avoid that the next time? Because every single time it's your fault, whoever you hire, that does a poor job. Yeah, with my employees that I've had in the past, uh, I have told them, like, it's my job to give you the tools, the training and the support that you need to do your job well. And if you're not doing a certain part of your job well, then I assume, first of all, it's my fault because I didn't give you one of those things that you need first. And then uh, I figure out where the uh, missing link is and then fill in the blank. And then if they continue to do a bad job with that, then it's their fault. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, some, some people just aren't the right fit and you're going to have mm -hmm. to let them go. And, you know, we've, we've done that plenty of times. Um, you know, we, we strive not to let anybody go and try to make them work within our, um, within our company. And the other thing too, is it's, it's, if you've got a person that's got a great personality and, but they're just not, they're just not thriving in their position. You may think about can, what else could they do? Uh, some people are just in the wrong position, right? They just, they, they think they should be doing, um, you know, doing, doing certain things and really that's not what they're good at. And so you just being aware of that can save you a lot of effort in hiring new people. If you can reposition some of the current existing employees. 
Yeah. And uh, when I'm hiring people, I rely heavily on my gut as to whether or not to hire somebody. And I look more at somebody's personality, like they're, yeah. uh, you know, if they've got the right attitude, I think is more important than whether they have, um, you know, the perfect experience and knowledge, because I can teach them that stuff. But if they got a bad attitude, there's nothing I can do about that. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree more. I, I want people to have the right attitude. The other thing too is you need to have the right attitude. What's and you need to convey that. Like, are you conveying what your what your attitude is, what your personality is? Uh, do they do people in your company actually know what you're trying to do? Like, what what the main goal is? Do they actually know what your vision, what your uh, you know? state the mission statement is like do they understand that or are you not telling them that i think a lot of us don't tell people our real vision and where we're trying to go as a company and uh, i think some of it might have to do with um, trying to be humble or you know try not to think too big in front of other people you know but I think people get excited when they hear that you're trying to grow your company to a certain level. Um, they get excited to hear what your true vision and mission statement is excited to hear the impact you're trying to make. So then they want to be a part of that, but if they feel like they're part of nothing, they're not going to be excited to go to work. It's just a paycheck and you can get a paycheck anywhere, especially today. Oh, great point. I mean, if uh, somebody feels like they're just a cog in the machine, they're only going to do just enough work to keep from being fired. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you in ignite that passion within them for the business and the work that they're doing, they're going to do a much better job and make tons more money for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think people get excited about working for a young startup because that young startup is has this vision and passion and excitement and you know, people are excited to be a part of something like that. So you want to try to maintain that uh, vision and passion and mission throughout, whether you've been in business for six months or you've been in business for, you know, 60 years. Uh, that's really important. Yeah, I recently read uh, the book Shoe Dog by Philip Knight about the yeah. founding of Nike and yeah. uh, you know, the passion of those early employees was uh, really profound. Yeah, it's it's a... That's a really good book. If anybody hasn't, hasn't read that, I listened to it. Um, I've actually listened to it twice. I listened to it once first myself. And then my daughter was catching some bits and pieces of it. So she wanted to listen to, to it. So we started back from the beginning and she listened to the whole thing with me as well. So um, good. Yeah. Good book. Very cool. So when you, uh, onboard somebody like how do you determine like what sort of pay and uh you know benefits to offer them yeah i mean i i think that's you know you can look around um look around what other people are doing and and honestly what's going to work in your business uh you might not be able to pay quite as much as some of your competitors maybe you can't offer benefits yet because you only have one or two employees um but you got to look at what other people are doing you've got to get at least close to that um again if you can't offer benefits like yeah that's fine i mean you can't offer benefits to people if you only have one or two employees that's that's pretty impossible but as you grow your business maybe you can start adding those things in there maybe instead of benefits the pay is a little higher um and, and I, I truly believe again if you have that right 
attitude, vision, mission in your company, really solid communication, give people a high amount of responsibility that people are willing to work for less money. It's not about the money, even though it is, it's not all about the money. It's about what they're getting out of their work. What if they feel compelled to go to work every single day? So not telling you to not pay well, right? That's, that's not what I'm trying to say, but, um, but sometimes it's uh, all the time. It's not a hundred percent about the pay. It's just not. And with logistics, I know you can hire out. There's companies that specialize in doing the payroll for smaller companies or, or taking care of the human resources type of stuff as well. So you don't have to be you know, wearing all these hats at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we've, I, I, I've done it in-house, but um, yeah, there's other, there's definitely other companies out there that'll do it for you. All right, what else uh, are we missing here? Oh man, I just um, I think it's just this is a super important uh, topic for people that are trying to grow their company. If you're trying to truly grow a business, you know we talk about. You know, this is mostly a real estate show. Um, we talk a lot to real estate investors, and I, there's a lot of real estate investors that are hobbyists, and that's okay if that's what you want to do. But if you want to truly grow a company and grow a business, you you have to become professional and you have to grow a business and you have to hire people. Um, and I think e even outside of your business, you have to look at, should I be hiring people? Uh, what's the best use of your time doing certain things? Um, you know, and sometimes it's good not to hire somebody like today I'm going out to the landscape. I'm not hiring anybody to do that. Um, should I, is this the best use of my time? No. But is this a life lesson that I want to teach my child? And so I'm taking the opportunity to do that. Yes. So even though this isn't the best use of my physical time, um, I'm doing it for a different purpose. Yep. And you mentioned the, the book, Who Not How, which uh, we're both reading. Um, I'm about halfway done now, but the premise of the book is instead of asking yourself, like, how can I do this thing uh, that needs to be done? Ask yourself, who uh, can I find to do this uh, for me? Yeah. You know, when we try to do everything ourselves, we end up doing everything just kind of average, mm -hmm. right? We think we're good at everything and maybe we are good at everything individually, Right. But if we try to be good at everything all at once, we end up being average or below average at, at everything. So that's what you got to really think about. And, and I, I, I know that you're not passionate about every aspect of your business. Uh, and for me, I just like, I enjoyed the construction. I just knew that wasn't going to grow my business. Uh, I didn't, I like doing the numbers, but what do you procrastinate on? Like I procrastinated on the numbers. I procrastinated on doing the bookkeeping. I would get to, I remember every year, Christmas time, we, I would be doing the books all, all, all the time during Christmas. We'd go to my, my wife's family and I would be sitting there going through all my books. I'd have bring files along with me. And that was my bookkeeping time. And I just would procrastinate till the end and I would probably miss things and do not that great of a job. And so 
man, for me to keep doing that just made no sense. It wasn't going to grow my business. I needed to hire that out quickly. So you got to look at what are you, what are you passionate about? What do you like? And then, you know, what's going to truly grow your business? Are you going to be, are you the best person for that job? Are you truly the best person for that job? Yeah. And who not how I like the, I just read the procrastination chapter about uh, how if you're procrastinating on something, it means that you're not the right person to do it because you don't have the passion for that particular thing. And so that's yep. something to hire out for. Yep. Yep. Exactly. hundred uh, percent agree. If you're, if you're procrastinating on it and that's what I'm realizing right now, even though I love underwriting, uh, I procrastinate because I, it's not, my passion. I, I enjoy it. I'm good at it, but it's, it's not my passion. And I'm looking at it going, I think it's not my passion because I know that that's not the most valuable thing I could be doing with my time. And so with that, it's like, I've got to look at, okay, do I actually hire somebody else to do that aspect of my business and find somebody, maybe it's not full time, but find somebody that can handle, um, acquisitions for the company. Mm. Yeah. So that makes sense. Cool. Hey, Matt, um, I wanted to mention the North star real estate conference, man. So we've got it coming up. We haven't really talked much about it, which that, that's, that's my, my fault, but we, we need to talk about it. We've got the North star real estate conference. And for those who don't know what it is, it's a real estate investing conference. It's held in Minneapolis. Um, area and it's October 7th and 8th. And we're going to have a ton of great speakers. We're going to be talking a lot about multifamily, built syndication, assisted living, um, student housing, uh, retail, uh, industrial office. Um, and we're going to be single family, you know, small multifamily. So we're going to be hitting on really everything cash flowing real estate, right? And uh, having speakers from Locally here in the Twin Cities, having speakers from kind of all around. Uh, we've got speakers coming from from all states all over the place, Texas and and uh, Tennessee and you, you name it. Um, and so we've got building that great lineup. We've got a decent amount of speakers already engaged and, and we're going to be bringing on more. So uh, wanted people to know about that North Star Real Estate Conference. Matt, where can they find it? What's the website? Northstarunlimited.live, L-I-V-E. Okay, so Northstarunlimited.live, or you can just probably do a Google search, right? Northstar mm -hmm. Real Estate Conference. Um, and I'd love to, for people to, to join us. It's going to be a blast. It's two days, Thursday, Friday, um, and, and come and visit us. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to shake your hand. It's be fantastic networking. So. Um, yeah, let's do it. Sign up. Yep. And if you go to that website, we also have monthly free workshops uh, available. And we've got one coming up in August about uh, uh, asset management tips and tricks uh, featuring Matt Bronner, which is, nice. who is one of our, our speakers and one of your partners. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, Matt, uh, I've got nothing else. Do you? That's it for today. All right, man. You have a fantastic rest of the day. Make every day Saturday. Thanks. You too. 
Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe, uh, give us a thumbs up, go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to venturedproperties.com, venturedproperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.